0: hello and welcome to the aj on the line podcast this is your dutch grand prix review in which we will discuss another great chapter in the championship showdown jubilant scenes for the orange army the explosion in the driver market and more my name is adam williams i am your host and as ever we are joined by our guests good friends and f1 analysts joe and jimmy it's a bit of a mouthful, but you deserve it. Anyway, how are you two doing and did you enjoy that Dutch Grand Prix?
1: I'm alright, thanks. I mean, it was alright, wasn't it? I mean, not an all-time classic, but at least it was better than Spa. It was a race yeah. to start with. <laughs> We got more than two laps.
0: Can we, can we just go back to that? Jimmy, we were speculating last week on what you would have rated the Belgian Grand Prix. What What is the number out of 10? I, I don't said know. That we I think
2: know for it would sure. have to be a zero. Um, because there was literally nothing. I, yeah. The yeah, correct exactly. answer.
1: <laughs> we were expecting you to seven. give it sort of an eight <laughs> or a nine. <laughs> yeah.
0: Anyway, let's not talk about Spar anymore because we had the Dutch Grand Prix to talk about Jimmy. What are you
2: scoring that? I'd probably give it a five. Bang on average. Um, I think that it was, there was some exciting moments. The first lap was mega, you know, that banked curve turn three um, and then going up to sort of the uh, the middle sector. It's really, really good racing. Um, But yeah, it's not the best track to overtake. So there wasn't as many, there was plenty of overtaking, but I think that it was mainly done at uh, sort of turn one.
0: Um, It was almost like Monaco with a good atmosphere, wasn't it? Like, the crowd was right onto the edge, but that also meant there was a tight track, so difficult to overtake. What, what about you, Joe? What are you ranking it?
1: Yeah, I'm a, I'm a green, buying average. We're going um, five again, yeah. It, there, was, there was some good midfield action. It's a good track to watch the cars go round, but at the end of the day, the top five stayed in the same position they started in. It was all a bit predictable. Um But yeah, it was was good to watch. Despite
0: Mercedes' best efforts to do a pincer movement on Verstappen. Uh, But wow, what about that crowd? Anyway, we'll we'll talk about that in a moment. Let's talk about our biggest winner then. Uh, We'll start with you, Joe. Who was your biggest winner of the Dutch Grand Prix weekend? Um,
1: I'm going to go for Pierre Gasly. Um, I think fourth, qualifying and finishing fourth. Um, the only cars ahead of him are miles fast and never going to get ahead of them um, and it's just another chapter I suppose of Pierre Gasly outperforming his car and doing really, really, really well um, I suppose the only reason I mean he was the second Red Bull wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah he was um, so, so, yeah, it does make you wonder if he's not unlucky to be in with more of a shout on that Red Bull seat I mean, he's he's for the best part of two years now. He's been one of the best, most consistent drivers on the grid, so I I I think he fully deserves getting back in that second Red Bull seat.
0: But it almost seems as though the way that he behaved, something happened behind the scenes uh, that the Red Bull don't like. Uh, otherwise, they they surely would have considered him by now to replace Perez. They've already. Put Perez in for next year as well, mm-hmm. haven't they? Um, do you think that Pierre Gasly's future lies with Red Bull, um, Jimmy?
2: I'm not sure. I think that when he was there, I think potentially he was treated uh, unfairly. Uh, when you compare him to Albon, Albon had a lot more time to sort of uh, settle into the car. It didn't quite work out for him. Um, but yeah, I don't think Red Bull necessarily gave him the time that he needed. Um, but I could see him going outside Red Bull. Uh, Because, unfortunately, AlphaTauri is very much a second-rate team to Red Bull. So, if he ever wants to win races or um, potentially win a championship, maybe Aston Martin or Alpine may be a better option for him. So, yeah, I could see him.
1: I think Alpine's probably a good chance. Yeah, French and French. F- Fernando is not going to be around yeah. forever. Although he might be. So, he might be doing it to the top 60. They might- yeah. <laughs> he might be, yeah. But uh, a double French lineup, <laughs> Alpine, might go down quite well. So you never know.
0: Well, exactly. Sometimes having two drivers of the same nationality in a team goes down <laughs> quite well. Anyway, we'll get into that in a moment, won't we? I think that that's a great shout, Joe. Pierre Gassi. You, you compare him. I know Sonoda's only a rookie <clears throat> but you compare him to well his I am DNA gonna be comparing him
1: to him in a in a subsequent <laughs> section so um so yeah
0: <laughs> well, okay well <laughs> that might that might be foreshadowing what is to come but he's carrying AlphaTauri. and yeah the best that he can really hope for next year is scoring a few podiums maybe I don't know lead leading a championship charge if the rules Really mix up the grid next year. But Red Bull are ultimately always going to come to the top because they've got a bigger budget, right? Yeah. They they are where the focus is. And maybe Alpine is where he will go in the future. Anyway, well done, Pierre Gazzi. But we don't know that you have
2: got the biggest winner award because Jimmy is about to vote on his. Uh, I'm going to have to say Max Verstappen. Uh, It's pretty obvious because he won the race. uh, But it was the first Dutch Grand Prix uh, in about 35 years. Uh, And he won it in front of his home fans. You can't get much better than that, can you? So, so yeah, Max Verstappen is my biggest winner.
0: Spot on. I've agreed with you there, Jimmy. I'm sorry, Joe. I'm sorry, Pierre. But, yeah, he he had so much pressure on him. Like you say, it it was the first time.
2: Was it 36 years? Yeah, because they cancelled it, didn't they, last year?
0: Yeah. So... And they had the royal family there, and you had all those fans expecting him to win, and he delivered. He, he, it was a champion's drive uh, and champion's weekend. The way he held off the pressure from all these different people, and yeah, fair play to him. He he's done well. He's got three points into the lead of the championship now, from three points behind. You you see that ebbing and flowing throughout the rest of this season, hopefully. Uh, but that was an important win to gain momentum back after what had happened in Britain, Hungary and I know he won in Spa but that that wasn't really a race so I'm not sure whether that truly was a momentum winning back sort of Grand Prix if that's even a thing but anyway well done Max Verstappen you won the Grand Prix and now you've won the biggest winner award on this podcast but I sense we know what Joe's Award's going to be, but we'll, we'll ask Jimmy, first of all. Who was your biggest loser?
2: My biggest loser was Giovinazzi. Do you get it? Yeah, it's, it's, I'll explain. So, so he had a fantastic qualifying performance uh, on the Saturday, seventh overall. Um, but he, And if that was George Russell, we'd be singing his praises. Of course we would, yeah. But arguably the Alfa Romeo is a better sorted car than the Williams. So you know. Oh, I don't, don't think you? so at the moment. Well, no, they don't. No, um, but yeah, I think that he had a good qualifying, um, a good qualifying position, but then he just tumbled down pecking order, unfortunately, and um, yeah, it, it, it wasn't quite the sort of drive that I was expecting. I thought he would finish maybe ninth or tenth, but yeah, to finish outside the points, I think, it's a bit. Bit of a shame.
0: Well, yeah, he he did brilliantly Mm -hmm. in qualifying, and it shows that he does have pace, and he is driving for his career at the moment, Antonio. Because, well, we we could talk about it in more detail later, but Bottas has been confirmed for Alfa Romeo. Raikkonen retired, by the way, Mm -hmm. (laughs) at the beginning of this weekend. That feels like a while ago, doesn't it? So there's a spare seat, and it's not necessarily got his name on it even though he's at the team at the moment. Ferrari were the ones that got him the driver Alfa Romeo. Ferrari no longer have a de- uh, deciding factor on one of those seats at Alfa Romeo. He's a solid driver, but I think it's pretty clear that he's not going to set the world alight. Uh, yeah, so it was a shame that he couldn't hold on to those positions, but whether I expected that to be held on to, I don't know. What about you, Joe?
1: Um... I don't, I don't know whether he could have held on to the position. I mean, the car, I mean, I think is the second slowest car on the grid. So, you know. Well, it's, it's the Alpha and the Haas that are the two that have
0: not been developed throughout the season. So they're basically racing last year's car. So, yeah, it's kind of to be expected that it's those two, right? My biggest loser, though, was Haas. So also at the bottom of the pile in terms of... Um, cars not being developed and it was just a bit of a shambles really, the fact that they're the slowest car in F1, yet their drivers are having a civil war mm-hmm. and arguing between each other about who can go next in qualify. and it's quite interesting the way that Mick Schumacher's been quite diplomatic about it and Nikita Mazepin is really <laughs> the one getting angry and, and I saw some reports saying that that's the angriest that a driver has come into the media pen without having had a crash with another another driver. Mm-hmm. Um, it's going to look great on Netflix Drive to Survive but it's just one thing after another to make that team a bit of a joke really and I just hope that they can sort themselves out, out next season because we need an American team in F1 and we need a 10th team in F1. I know that... People like Porsche are looking at getting into it, but mm-hmm. still, it's important, and it's a bit of a shame that that is the case. Anyway, rant over. <laughs> what about you, Joe? Who's your biggest loser?
1: Um, well, I predictably I'm going for Yuki Tsunoda um, because I just think yet yeah, again he's been massively outperformed by his teammate, um, and you think sort of at the start of the season, you know, the expectation was that he was going to be a very exciting driver, maybe fast, maybe a bit erratic at times, but he was going to be exciting to watch and fast, and we've seen far too much of the being erratic and not very much of the being fast, unfortunately, um, so I, do, I don't really know where he goes from here, I mean, I think he's probably going to be in the drive next year, So he's, but if he doesn't perform next year, I'd I don't see where you go, really.
0: It's interesting though because Red Bull have put their their faith in him over Alex Albon getting a, a second yep. chance, mm-hmm. and that's ultimately led to them partially losing Alex Albon, if not fully, um, with a move that we will discuss in a minute. Yeah, it's a tough one for you, kids, mm-hmm. isn't it? What do you think, Jimmy? Is he going to come back and and impress us in the way that we? we kind of thinking.
2: Yeah, I was quite surprised they signed him for the next year because he hasn't had the best season whatsoever. Uh, he's made some rookie errors and I don't know he's a rookie. Um, but yeah, I was quite surprised that um, he, 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 they re-signed him, to be honest.
0: Is it a pattern with Red Bull young drivers that they rock up, it seems a bit too early, and then people start criticising them and then they go down a sort of uh, hellhole hole. That is very difficult to come out mm-hmm. of unless your name's Pierre Gasly. Maybe Alex Albon will rejuvenate his career at Williams, but yeah, is, is it almost as though Red Bull are promoting their drivers too quickly? Definitely. Mm-hmm. I think. And and perhaps their move to go with Sergio Perez for this season shows that they're beginning to learn from those mistakes, but not fully because of Yuki Tsunoda. I guess that's a tie um, for that award that, no one really wants to get between uh, Haas, Antonio Giovinazzi and Yuki Tsunoda. But we will move on to something that we'd like to talk about a little bit more. And that is the moment of the weekend, the Dutch Grand Prix weekend. And we will begin by talking to Jimmy about who or what or where <laughs> his award
2: features so so my award uh featured quite early in the day uh, so it was fp1 and it was the re- return of marshall seb um his car broke down and then instead of letting the marshal sort him out he said give me that fire extinguisher walked over and just started putting out his car which i thought was brilliant i mean there's going to be a day where he's going to get out of his car because he's broken down halfway through a race he's going to start waving a yellow flag or a red flag. I'm sure of it. He's just brilliant. Um, he does every job
0: under the sun, doesn't he? He does, yeah.
2: It's fantastic. So, yeah, that was my moment of the week. Made me chuckle.
0: <laughs> Which doesn't really bode well in terms of the entertainment of the Dutch Grand Prix. Joe, what was your moment of the week?
1: Um, I went for the celebrations as Max crossed the line. because. Um, I don't think we've seen sort of scenes like that at an F1 track since maybe Charles Leclerc won um, in Monte yes. 2019. I just think like it wasn't the greatest race ever but that atmosphere really was it made it more and a lot more entertaining to watch um, and you know it, it can be hard to do to make an atmosphere when something's going a bit boring. I've been at plenty of a uh, Drab football games where you try and get an atmosphere, but it's just not happening. Everyone's like, "What is this that we're watching?" Um, so no, it was, it was really good to see. Um, I, I'm a big fan of the flares. I know they weren't supposed to have them, but um, but I do. I like a good flare,
0: especially when they're orange.
1: Well, yeah, uh, we don't play in orange, Adam. <laughs> um, but yeah,
0: <laughs> walls are orange.
1: Well, at least we Aren't at they? least we don't play in a Tesco bag. <laughs> um but yeah um yeah i just i thought the atmosphere sort of really made that race and the weekend as a whole and i think it peaked when max crossed the line so yeah
0: it it would have been a lot more flat if max hadn't won that race oh yeah yeah no yeah. i imagine
1: so i mean i doubt they would have been too cheery if lewis won um but still still it was a good atmosphere and you can't knock I've it i've got to
0: say that that's a brilliant shout, and I was kind of nervous because Lewis was going for fastest lap of the race on the last lap. I was thinking, God, he's going full send while there's just a cloud of orange <laughs> that he's trying to get through. <laughs> I was like, this could be dangerous here, but it was incredible. I, I don't know if you two do it or I'm just the sad one here, but I just before Sky start their coverage at half 12, about 10 minutes before you can go on the F1 YouTube and they're doing like, uh, they do live interviews with the drivers on the mm-hmm. track parade. But just before that mm. came on, all of the Dutch were stood up with uh, waving the flags to make a Dutch yeah. flag mm-hmm. in in the stand. And they were all singing together. There was a DJ getting them going in between sessions and things like that, and even during Red Flags. And the energy in that arena was incredible. Mm-hmm. And it's next to the beach. I mean, you'd you'd have to be brave if you're not a, a Max Verstappen fan to go wearing different colours to orange, but it does look like a good weekend away. Yeah. Because you could stay in Amsterdam, get in on the tube or cycle in, and, and have a great atmosphere at least while watching racing cars you might not get the best race in the world but it looks like a good day out still Uh, so that is a great shout Um, my moment of the weekend kind of came to a crescendo whilst Bottas had been left out on the one stop he was trying to back Verstappen up while Hamilton was catching behind and it was all getting very close and exciting but nothing ultimately happened and you get the impression that the compliance of Bottas that he's happy to do to play this number two role is a why Lewis Hamilton and Mercedes have liked him in a pairing with Lewis for so long, but b why Bottas is not staying on as the future leader of the team because he is a natural number two. Um, Ironically, he's been a beta driver, but he's going to drive for Alpha. Um, Sorry for the pun. Um, That was poor. Was that that poor? poor? (laughs) (laughs) Sorry. I gave it a go, didn't I? But I enjoyed it all the same. (laughs) More on that later. And I need to stop doing puns. We're going to move on now, though, to... The Honourable Mention Award, and for me, the Honourable Mention has to go to the fans for the same reason that Joe has just described. They were simply superb, but also the DJs. They, they, they were just as much a part of it. And it apparently felt like you were in a Dutch nightclub for three days <clears> straight. <throat> and who wouldn't want that? Me, probably. Would you want that, no, Jimmy? Definitely not. No, get me out straight away. Uh,
1: get me straight in there.
0: <laughs> so we're split opinion here, but Jimmy, who's getting your or what is getting your honourable mention? Well,
2: having said that, the fans.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs>
1: I'd hate to be there, but yeah, I'll go with them. Yeah,
2: I I have to say they were good to watch on TV. Yeah, yeah? I had to say I wouldn't like to, but potentially I'd like to go. Potentially, I mean. Um, it seems all a bit crazy, and, you know, they're very enthusiastic, shall we say. Um, but, yeah, you've got to hand it to the fans, you know. It's the first first um, Dutch driver since Jos, his father, and um, it's the first Dutch
1: Grand Prix winner, isn't it, as
2: well?
0: Uh, he is the first Dutch Grand
2: Prix winner.
1: Wasn't Guido van der Gaard Dutch?
2: He was, yeah. Yeah. He wasn't very good, though. He's the first yeah. good Dutch driver <laughs> in
0: F1 since his dad. How was that? that? Was his
1: sense. dad any good?
0: No, he
2: wasn't. So,
1: yeah, yeah. there you go. <laughs> yeah.
2: Um, but, yeah, I mean, the fans were, were superb. Um, and the other thing I'd say is uh, Adam uh, told me about this, yes. that they um, cleared up all their rubbish afterwards and they cycled in, which is all very environmental-friendly. You know, um, it's good.
0: Yeah, so the fans were very well behaved. Do they get your honourable men- honourable mention, <laughs> Joe, or does someone else get yours? Well,
1: I was originally going to go for Fernando Alonso because. Just, I think he was the best sort of midfield driver. But after hearing Jimmy slander, I think I'm going to go for Antonio <laughs> Giovinazzi. I mean, that Saturday yes. qualifying performance was amazing, especially with the, the sort of pressure of having his sort of seat on the line. Um, to qualify seventh in that car, um, you know, I mean, it's sort of, I'd say that car is about where the Williams was sort of, four or five races ago. And if, you know, George was getting massive uh, props for getting into Q3 then. So I think Giovinazzi has to get major major credit for getting that car that high. I mean, in Q1 and 2, he was even like, you know, he was fourth, wasn't he? So, I'm mm. going to give him the honorable mention cuz I thought he was absolutely fantastic on Saturday.
0: That is a compelling argument. And I wish I could give him the honourable mention because this is a perfect moment for just this. However, we don't go against democracy and Jimmy and I have already voted for the fans. So I am sorry, Antonio. I'm sorry, Joe again. You've been outvoted. But that's not to say that Antonio Giovanazzi deserves his award and does he deserve the drive?
1: Oh uh, d- might be going slightly too far. I'll give g- I've given him a lot of credit. Yeah. Um but I think there are possibly more talented or at least people with more potential than him. But in isolation, I think fantastic performance from Antonia and it wouldn't be it wouldn't be a crime for him to keep his seat.
0: No, exactly. Well said. And we'll get on to more of the driver market in a
2: minute. I'm sorry to hijack this. Sorry. Um, but I just this is this. Is,
0: but you're going to I, I was anyway. I thinking
2: about this. Yeah. Would you rather stick with AlphaTauri, not AlphaTauri, Alpha Romeo, or would you rather go and win Le Mans with Ferrari? Would you like to stay in Formula One, or would you like to go to Le Mans and win?
1: Pull an Alonso and do both.
2: Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. or Holcombberg. Yeah,
1: yeah, or uh, I think Hartley did it as well. Yeah. I
0: prefer to be in Formula 1 personally, but that's because it's kind of the sport that I'd want more. But also, there's more races. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't... And I'm really bad at staying up late. <laughs> <laughs> That was really you as could, Joe you will could testify. Not do
1: the uh, the sort of midnight stint.
0: <laughs> I'll do the early shift and you do the late one.
1: No, yeah. To be fair, no, you know you'd be sort of brilliant at the sort of six a.m. <laughs> stint. That, do you know what? Actually, me and you would be great together on the twenty-four hours little one. Because I'd I'd be at night and you'd have the mornings covered while I could sleep and then then afternoon back in it. Oh, we've got this.
0: Yeah. <laughs> well, there you are. Me, Joe and Antonio Giovinazzi are, off to are Le Mans. going to drive for Ferrari. You heard it here first. <laughs> anyway, um, thank you for hijacking that.
2: I'll hand the reins back to you. Yeah. Oh, thank you, You're Jimmy. <laughs> um,
0: we're going to talk about the AJ on the Line line of the week, an award that is dear to my heart because I like hearing people say funny or interesting things. Uh Jimmy, I'll let you start because I know Joe and mine or my awards are fairly similar.
2: So, so my line of the week is uh, I guess Max has won. There's a lot of orange fog from Fernando, that was. Um, I thought that was quite funny.
0: <laughs> For a man that's really good at reading the race, another example. Yeah. <laughs> Another one from Alonso, actually, this isn't mine, but it's it's a contender, is when um, Ocon was on the radio to Alpine saying that he's faster than Fernando, and then Fernando was told to speed up or get out of the way, and he was like, yeah, I know I'm going slower. I'm just saving my tyres. And then he just went off into the distance (laughs) by, like, six (laughs) seconds in four laps. (laughs) Like, Like, who else could do that? very few people anyway my my line uh was when george russell was asked when he thinks he's going to get his first grand prix victory and he said next year which might point to some news that you might have seen and we'll talk about it in a bit uh but that's confidence for you Joe? i
1: think we'll talk about it right now uh, my line of the week was uh, <laughs> George Russell will uh, partner Lewis Hamilton at Mercedes uh, for the 2022 season. I know this is uh, me breaking the news. I'm sure no one else has heard this, uh, but my inside sources tell me that uh, yeah, he will. Um, The I
0: think this comes to the surprise of precisely no one.
1: Yep, doesn't Uh it? But still, I think it's probably the most important line of the week for the future of F1 um, because you've got another super-talented youngster joining uh, Verstappen and Leclerc at the front of the field, I think.
0: And let's not forget Lando Norris at McLaren.
1: Yeah, yeah. If uh, I mean, by the front... Past Potentially. I Ferrari aren't that close to the front of the field either. So, yeah, no. Yeah, no, you can't discount Lando. Um, so, yeah.
0: And to still have... Uh, a Lewis Hamilton at the front of that uh, queue and a Daniel Ricardo in the mix and Carlos Sainz, they're all exciting mm-hmm. drivers that have proven strong. So if the title fight can be a bit closer next season, that's a little bit exciting, isn't it? Mm-hmm. No. He fully deserves that drive and we'll talk about it now then. Uh, <laughs> I guess Mercedes were left with no choice because if they if they hadn't have signed him up He'd have either lost value and just be seen as a guy that's only good enough for Williams, and then maybe gone to Pastures New somewhere else. Mm-hmm. I I wonder if even Red Bull would have snapped him up. Um, just, it seems like the sort of thing that they would do to Mercedes because they're, they're kind of on a a tip for tap basis at the moment. Um, But yeah, they they need a future star. It's like I was talking about with uh, Valtteri Bottas. He's a natural number two, which is great if you've got Lewis Hamilton in the the other seat, but Lewis isn't going to be around forever. You you sense that he's probably got next year and the year after in him, and then maybe he'll stay on, but I don't know whether he will. He'll want to go out more on top than anything. Uh, But how do you two think that George Russell is going to get on alongside Lewis Hamilton?
1: I mean, I won't be surprised if he adapts very, very quickly. I mean, we saw what he could do in a car that he didn't fit into um, last year, albeit, you know, that was one of the best Formula One cars of all time, facing basically no competition, but... Uh, or
0: corners. Or,
1: yeah, all corners. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so... But I think his junior career is, you know, speaks for itself. I think only the Claire on the grid... Has a comparable one, at least of the recent ones, obviously, you know, going back, Lewis has one. Um,
0: Leclerc was the only one to beat him mm -hmm. in the junior categories in F3. I
1: think he certainly, I think that top bracket is Max, Charles and George, who will be sort of leading the future.
0: Do you see next year, assuming Mercedes are in the championship Mm -hmm. fight, Russell potentially be in that fight, but ultimately... Hamilton's experience, meaning that he can maybe hold on in the fight a bit longer and potentially win it. And then the following season, with that championship experience um, in 2023, George Russell can potentially take it to Lewis Mm -hmm. and and the rest of the world. Does that seem fairly sensible? It,
1: It could well happen. I mean, we don't know how long... Lewis is going to stay at the top. I mean, Fernando Alonso has proven that you can even into your 40s be a world class driver. So, based on that evidence, he might have a few years left in him. But we'll just have to see. I don't think it's something you can really predict.
0: And the thing is, Jimmy, we don't, while we know that George Russell is a special talent, we still don't know how he's going to get on when he's really got a championship winning car or a race-winning car at least, in a top team. Uh, We've seen him on a one-off appearance, but there's probably not enough data to back that up. This is going to be a decisive season for George Russell's career in F1, isn't it, next season?
2: Um, It is, yeah, but I think it wouldn't be a bad thing for Lewis to outshine George in the first couple of seasons. I think the whole idea of George Russell going to Mercedes is, is that when Hamilton hangs up his boots... Um, that have somebody ready and waiting to take over and be able to win championships. Um, It's very much like Red Bull. Red Bull are very much a one-driver team. That's Max Verstappen. Perez is quick on his day, but Verstappen is the golden child. And, you know, he'll get older and then Red Bull will need to find a person to replace him. But I think that getting Russell in with Hamilton there will just enable him to learn the ropes a bit and not have too much pressure on his shoulders.
0: I suppose the upside for Red Bull is that Verstappen's not going to get old anytime soon.
2: Yeah. How old is he? 23? Yeah,
0: which is the age Lewis was when he won his first title Mm. in 2008. Yeah. And he's still still with us now, isn't he? So it's crazy to think how how long Verstappen's been in F1 considering his age, but there you go. Mm. Maybe that, that is why he's probably at the top of the young guns at the moment. Just his experience outshines them, despite his age being similar to Leclerc and Russell. Yeah. It will be interesting to see. And what what we'll do now, we'll talk a little bit more about the driver market in terms of what this means in other teams. But first, we're going to look ahead to the Italian Grand Prix, if that's all right, Mm -hmm. and do a few predictions. So, last time out in Italy, Pierre Gasly won the race. And... Who knows, maybe he'll win again. He still won't get a Red Bull seat, unfortunately, for him. (laughs) Um, And then the time before that, he won in Spa and he won in Monza. It was Charles Leclerc. And that was a good race too. So we've had a a couple of good races in the past few years. And then the time before that was Hamilton versus Raikkonen. So the last three times in Monza, they've been quite cracking races. They're short races because they're going so fast, but they're good races and I'm looking forward to it. Are you too? Yeah,
1: sure. uh, I, I really like Monza. I think it's, you know, one of the historic tracks. And
0: and the crowd maker special yeah, too, mm-hmm, right?
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, and you do very often tend to get an exciting racer.
0: So, let's start with our sensible predictions, as we usually do. I'll start with you, Joe. What's your sensible prediction for Monza? Uh,
1: I'm going to go for a Mercedes 1-2, actually Um, because I think of all the tracks, this should suit them over Red Bull. I think if anywhere I was going to predict a Mercedes 1-2, it's going to be here.
0: Yeah, I'm pretty agreed with you on that. That's what I had down for mine. But I also think Mercedes have to do a 1-2. Yeah, I think
1: it's important that they win here.
0: Because it it is going to come down to the sort of days where Bottas can get between Hamilton and Verstappen just to increase the points deficit. Mm-hmm. Uh so it's it's not a perhaps it's a must.
2: Uh what about you, Jimmy? What's your sensible prediction? A McLaren on the podium. There we go. Uh they were really strong last year. Um they were probably the second quickest car. Uh yeah, they're really sides. good in a straight line, aren't
1: they, as well. So
2: Yeah. Sh- should be uh yeah, should be quite a sensible prediction, I reckon. Aspe- uh, and they especially need that
0: after Ferrari scored well in Mm -hmm. the Netherlands, with McLaren not doing as well. Uh, Lando Norris especially not having as much pace. He did get caught out by a red flag as well, to add to those woes. But that sounds about right. We'll go back to you then, Jimmy, for your Banzai prediction.
2: My Banzai prediction will be Russell finishes in the top five. Yeah. Is Is it meant to rain? I don't, I don't think it is. Oh, I don't know. Yeah, but he's got a Mercedes engine in the back. Could be a crazy it race. It could be. Yeah, especially mm-hmm. with Verstappen and Hamilton up front. First corner, that's a hell of a first corner.
0: It is, and it's the first few corners, isn't it? But there's a couple of chicanes where you can get your elbows out, as we've seen in the past few years.
2: Tamburello.
1: That, that's Emily. Yeah. Oh uh, right. <laughs> yeah. Maybe not then.
0: It's Curva Grande, I think you're thinking yeah. of. But is it a Grande move?
1: <laughs> Sorry. <laughs>
0: Um, <laughs> I've got a problem, haven't I? Um, <laughs> um, but is it a grande prediction from Joe? Uh, with his Banzai Well, prediction? it's Italy,
1: so why not? Ferrari podium.
0: Ah, oh, that would be great to see. Do you think it'll be Leclerc?
1: Uh, I think it's he's slightly the more likely of the two. I mean, we can't discount Carlos, but I'm saying, yeah. Yeah, we'll go, we'll go Charles Leclerc podium in Italy.
0: My prediction or my banzai prediction i feel like fernando alonso is going to make up at least four places in the first lap he's just going to go on a mad one down the outside of let's hope hope he's starting fifth then (laughs) yes (laughs) that would be quite entertaining if that's the case but yeah i'm looking for fernando alonso to just produce some first lap brilliance as he often does and can uh, or canon does I should say so Monza should be exciting as we said it usually is but let's just talk about the breaking news as it's come over the past week or so, well a past week so first of all we had Kimi Raikkonen retiring it's not well this wasn't something that surprised us immensely he had such a good career um one of the fastest and fairest on his day that 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 word fair, I think, is important when we remember Kimi Räikkönen because he would never do anything dirty or malicious. You could go wheel to wheel with him and trust that he wouldn't have an accident, and that's what made him a great driver, amongst other things. Uh, do do you two have anything to say about Kimi Räikkönen?
1: I think McLaren-Kimi Räikkönen is one of the best drivers I've ever seen, so... I mean, I think it's uh, it's important that you remember sort of that Kimi Räikkönen, not just the sort of funny radio messages, because it yes. is easy to forget that that's that sort that sort of, sort of two thousand that that two thousand and three to two thousand and seven Kimi Räikkönen was unbelievable. It's a crime that he never won the championship with McLaren. To be fair,
0: it feels like he's he probably deserved more than one championship given his pace and the funny thing is he, he always said that he would retire at 30 but he failed that quite miserably because <laughs> he's still he's still in f1 and he's 40 now um or is he 41 he's 41 yeah so he failed that quite considerably jimmy what about you uh, any words on
2: kimmy great driver um nice guys who are funny nobody like kimmy on the grid uh just speaks his mind. I remember that incident on the grid walk with Martin Brundle when it was at McLaren. I won't repeat it on air, um, but, yeah, that was uh, one of my highlights. Go and watch that on YouTube. Yeah, one of my yes. highlights of Kimi, and he's just a really nice guy.
0: He certainly is, and he's himself. But the thing is, if if someone new came into the sport and started acting like Kimi, giving one-word answers, he'd be like, or who, who does he think he mm. is? Or she think he is? But because Kimmy's Kimmy, he's kind of made it his own and acceptable. So it's it's absolutely all right. Um, yeah. I also find it amusing that he's, he's now got social media and Seb doesn't. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> what a career. And he's still not finished yet. Hopefully he'll be back in Monza after his positive COVID test. That was kind of a an annoying one for the PR. He announces his retirement and then can't race at the next race. But it was good PR in terms of giving him his moment in the in the sun before announcing that Valtteri Bottas is moving from Mercedes to Alfa Romeo. Really, we saw him leaving. Mm-hmm. It was just a question of whether he'd retire, go to Alfa Romeo or Williams. Now, is it the right move, Jimmy?
2: Um... I think so, yeah. I think he's, he's a brilliant driver. It's just unfortunate he's been up against the two best drivers of a generation, probably, in Lewis and Max. I know Max hasn't won any championships yet, but certainly Lewis. Um, he's the greatest driver, and he's he's held his own. He's seen sparks of brilliant with Bottas, but there just hasn't been the consistency that Hamilton has got. Um, so, yeah, it'd be nice to see him on the grid in uh, Alfa Romeo colours next year.
0: And the thing is, Bottas could out-qualify Lewis Hamilton on his day, he, he wasn't short of pace, so Alpha Romeo will love having like someone that will be getting 100% out of the car, because while well, Kimi Raikkonen is a great driver and we've just talked about that, he was kind of on his way down in terms of performance and Antonio Giovinazzi as a result is kind of an unknown quantity in terms of his pace, so he'll be good having a a real experience but quick driver uh, in Valtteri Bottas next year what about you Joe do you think that Valtteri can achieve much in Alpha Romeo? I mean it's
1: going to depend on where the car is um, but I mean I think it's probably the best option he had available to him um, and yeah so I think overall a good move but yeah, it'll depend on where the car is. It's
0: interesting that he chose there rather than Williams, even though Williams seemed to have a bit more momentum at mm-hmm. the moment in terms of fighting their way back. Uh, but he's got history with Fred Vasseur, the the team boss, and you sense that he feels like that's a project he can really get behind and be a, a, the number one man, the alpha. male in the team. You've done the same Um, pun
1: twice now. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Is it funny yet?
1: (laughs) Do do you know what? I'm thinking it's going the opposite (laughs) way.
0: Oh. Anyway, um, I'll get over that because, as we said, we don't know what's happening with the other Alfa Romeo seat. I'm just going to give you one word to respond on this, both of you, in terms of who you think will be the person in the other seat for Alfa Romeo. Go on, Jimmy.
2: Um, I'm going to go pretty left field, and I'm going to say uh, Schwarzman.
0: Okay. And Joe? Schumacher. Interesting. Because he's not been confirmed for Haas no. yet. And there is a civil war break <laughs> breaking out <laughs> in Haas. Yeah. Maybe that's a good shout. That might be a good shout. I don't know how that will be. Maybe I'll just go I'll go boring and say Antonio Giovinazzi. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Let's move on then to the other team with news to share. And that is that George Russell is leaving Williams. We knew that. But who's replacing him? It's his old mate, Alex Albon. Red Bull's test driver and reserve driver this year. And um, what is it? A Recreator yeah. and chief actor. <laughs> um, he does a lot of roles like Sebastian Vettel. And it's good to see Alex being given another chance in Red Bull uh, in, in Formula One, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. definitely. I
1: think it was a little bit harsh how he got. You know, obviously he didn't perform that well, but it was harsh to see him sort of go from a top team to straight out the door. So I think a good, good chance for him and a deserved one.
0: What about you, Jimmy?
1: Yeah, fantastic. I think Albon's a brilliant
2: driver. What I found interesting was, in all the pictures, he was wearing AlphaTauri-branded merchandise, um, which I thought sort of reiterated the fact that Red Bull is still quite close to him. Um, And that is
0: interesting in that Mercedes didn't really want him going to Williams without cutting all ties with Red Bull, because Red Bull are developing their own engines. So if Alex Albon then goes back to Red Bull with information about the Mercedes engine, that's not going to be ideal for Mercedes in terms of keeping their secrets. Yeah, it does seem as though... Well, Red Bull said that they will follow his progress closely. It's, it's one of those, isn't it? Mercedes, obviously, will have some say, but they can't have all the say because it's not their team. It's not like George Russell going to Alpha AlphaTauri and then coming back yeah. and talking on about the Honda or Red Bull engines is a bit different to that, but Williams have a long-term attachment to Mercedes because they've got engines with them until like 2025 or something, hence the concern. But I think that's a good move to get Alex Albon in, give him another chance. They've kept Nicholas Latifi as well as his teammate next year. He's not done anything to deserve being dropped, as we discussed last week, Joe. Um, Do you see Alex Albon getting into another team and maybe into the fight? Or do you think that this is kind of the best that he can expect kind of midfield machinery?
1: Uh, It's hard to say, really. I mean, the problem is not necessarily whether he's got the ability, because even if he does show it, it's just hard to see where he'd go um, with Mm. so many sort of second teams on the grid and that kind of thing um ideally we could do with a sort sort of few more competitive teams um or a few more seats in yeah the teams the, like three seats in a yeah team. i'm not entirely sure how that one would work but yeah I, i'd love to see an extra sort of two teams on the field that were actually competitive because we know we know how it went yeah. the last time we had a few more seats but yeah um <laughs> i think it's hard to say really whether he could go anywhere better just because of the lack of availability of seats like that
0: but let's let's come back to it all it is exciting for f1's future that we've got russell in a mercedes like we said we've got leclerc a ferrari verstappen at red bull norris at mclaren and even when the the titans of hamilton vettel and even fernando alonso even though he's like peter pan (laughs) retire F1 are in a good place aren't they we we were we were probably worried that they weren't but mm-hmm. over the past few years these these youngsters with a huge following of fans they brought in a a new kind of demographic of young fans that are going to stay with the sport for a while so it, it's sustainable um so it is exciting and it's good for the sport that we have uh these these kind of top young drivers Not not just stars of the futures, but the stars of now, well, starting next year, um, in George Russell's case. And that's going to be exciting. Who do you see winning the most championships out of the four drivers that we we mention as those stars?
1: Oh, it's hard hard to say, because it's going to depend on who gets the longest period in the best car, really. Um, So... I think, probably, I think Verstappen and Russell are best sort of position to do so. But, you know, it can change very quickly with, you know, the car. I mean, either Ferrari or McLaren could develop, you know, a cut title challenging car for five or six seasons and it could go the way that Lewis did. So, you never know. This is
0: true. And Jimmy, one last thing. Who who catches your eye
2: the most of, of those four drivers, if you had to name one? Probably Russell, I think he's a real talent. And the, the fact that... Uh, the, the, the biggest thing that sticks out for me is that they signed him in F3 Mercedes and he's proven to be a, a, a championship winner in F2, F3, um, not yet Formula One. Um, but I can't remember a driver... Or British driver, certainly he's had that sort of hype around him, uh, and got sort of a a a, um, a blue chip team behind them since Lewis um, and yeah I think that he's destined for great things and whatever happened to Lewis Hamilton
1: yeah <laughs> indeed
2: he won seven championships
1: did he I never heard of him.
0: really yeah. and potentially it's going to be an eighth this season the title battle continues in Italy this weekend hopefully you'll, you'll listen to this before this race um i need to get to work on that so thank you very much for listening and thank you to joe and jimmy for your insight for more content head over to aj and whether you're listening on apple podcast spotify or anywhere else please do leave a rating and a comment who will reign supreme at Mercedes between George Russell and Lewis Hamilton next season. That's what we've kind of been thinking about. Let us know what you think.